0: everybody have a seat everybody got a seat your mind is in for a treat one more moment in time that your soul is allowed to retreat down back alleys and spare service roads used only by the powers of darkness operating in broad daylight without fear of reprisal or redress The way of egress has been sold, sealed, and severed, shut down and rendered moot due to inclement weather reports construed to influence more than the traffic patterns and economic tort of life savings being used to destroy, instead of for the surety upon which they are being sold. (laughs) Has everybody heard? As everybody heard, four-legged friends have usurped the bird's word. As far as public declarations are concerned, trust less than 10% of yarns spun by charlatans with papers attesting that they are in fact learned and not spurned of our nation's costliest houses of knowledge. The common con of accredited college, certifying the mental morass of those who pass through the cottage. So long as they paid their tuition, which has made it painfully clear that the education of the generations of the nation is not a charity mission. assholes and shitbags wear colorful rags adorned with the symbols and sigils of folklore and mythos will claim to know the mind of the unknowable in such detailed discretion that your own mentality is but a sheep to be corralled by comparison. they will spend your pious profits indulging in the very recreations they would have you flagellate yourself for even acknowledging exist on the earth. Don't let them tell you how to vote until they start to pay taxes too, or at least cover yours for a while. Is everybody mad? Is everybody angry and pissed off and sad? not so much fun being had think about that one again an industry has been built around the pharmacological maintenance of society's psyche why in the hell would we trust such a valuable commodity to the same lab-coated shamans and witch doctors who can't cure the common cold it would seem antithetical to the survival of the species to allow the unchecked ambition of the pursuit of immortality to shape our opinions of life's trivialities. Nothing is trivial on your deathbed. Nothing is more profitable than illness when healthcare is a privilege. But who is the world meant for if survival isn't an inalienable human right? Does everybody have a seat? everybody have a seat or like the rest of the world
1: has scarcity caused a retreat takes just to stay awake and make sure that life is nothing but one big mistake is becoming remarkable becoming who are we kidding seriously who are we kidding it's not becoming it has become that's right that's right we are in the time boys and girls ladies and gentlemen friends of mine Everybody else whose name I did not rewind, I apologize for missing that. But as the fires are burning outside, I can smell the barbecue, and it is not the ribs I had as a kid, man. Purge night. It's a big one. What are you all doing? How are you all planning to survive? I tell you. This idea first started, uh, you know, questions, all-around questions. How does this get past the idea phase, one might wonder? Indeed, one might wonder. Oh, indeed. Oh, my coming. Yeah. It's just odd, you know. It's, 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 I I doubt I'm ever going to get used to it, man. I just doubt it don't see it happening it's just hard knowing that you lived through the 20 years of your life that were supposed to be the good years but it wasn't just for you it was for the whole
0: world man
1: the whole world that was everybody's 20 years everybody had those 20 and so there's people who came before me who had their 20 20 years before maybe I don't know You know, it's, it's all I guess relative and perspective based but dear god Dear whatever you are up there watching this mania freak show this uh, science experiment gone awry step in and tell us what the fuck to do or push the reset button man I mean Thanos we're begging for you to fucking snap we're begging for you to fucking snap man cause at this point it's it's like either way you're fine right if you dust you dust if in not in being part of the small group left behind, we trust, right? I mean, it's got to be easier to deal with. I tell you, in the situation that we're in going on a full year, crossing the bridge into year two, as we've slowly come out of the caves and re-emerged, masked up like a sci-fi movie from the 80s, and you walk around these places... Now, nah, I guess it's also it's relative. It depends on where you are. <laughs> and my, how that has played into our identities more so now than ever before, right? I don't know, man. Everyone really cares that much about the patch of ground they grew up on. How did selfishness get so out of hand? I don't know, I mean, you know, there's these arguments. The psychology of our humanity is always going to be our detriment, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that's the cosmic joke. Maybe our secret shame is that our minds were designed to work this way. Uh, And the the shame part of it is that we don't feel like that's the problem. We're looking for everything else. We need to create a giant machine and try to attempt to create mini Big Bangs just to prove, one, that our Big Bang theory was correct in the first place. (laughs) I'm not plugging the show. And that, uh, two, so that we could figure out what happened before. Also, you know, what are we going to discover? That it was us a million years ago created the world now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's all these things that you you know i guess for me in movies it's easy for there to be no real end game because this thing's going to end in two hours everyone's going to go home back to the reality of all the other crap we put ourselves through that has no tangible verifiable reason for it to be the way that it is and uh it doesn't matter Unless they're going to do a sequel or you're creating a shared universe. And even then, you could fix things in the second movie. It's all about, you know, look, if you came back, if you suspended your belief enough to come back for a second film, then, you know, I, I feel like you want us to do some stuff to keep it fresh. <laughs> so maybe we got to make some leaps and bounds and stretch the universe a little bit. I, I don't know. Um, but they're not the ones who have to deal with the aftermath, you know? They're not the ones who are... Uh, who are sitting here going, yeah, man, you know, everything's been great. And then, two years later, when tax hikes come, the hidden landmine time bomb of misguided assholery <laughs> masquerading as leadership, I guess, I don't know. Um, you know, that sucks so maybe if we try to figure out what the conditions were beforehand what are we gonna are we gonna press the reset button is that where this is going is that where this is going man i don't know i don't know dude there are people who make tons of money more than i do (laughs) who are supposedly in charge of this shit uh and there are people who spent more years in school than I did who apparently know better than I do. But, uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes I almost wonder if it would have been better to just stay hunter-gatherers. And I say that and then think, could I really go a week without PlayStation since I've been dying to get a PlayStation 5? But well what if i never knew about playstation in the first place you know (laughs) how far back would that this were a time desk i sit at now (laughs) deep cut i don't know if anyone out there's gonna get that one if you do if you're listening to this and you're like holy crap something about this is speaking to me i've got something to say on this subject well you know Join the conversation. We don't know how much longer the conversation is going to be gone. And at some point, our voices are all going to be whispers in the fucking past, bro. I don't know that the aliens that inherit the planet after us are necessarily going to dig up the servers and reactivate Amazon Prime and watch all of our stand-up comedy routines that paint somewhat of a better outline of the way the world actually works than anything we've put on official paper and sealed with government insignia. I want to take karate. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever oh, taken yeah, karate. Time. Every big five time. minutes of this show, I was like, I want to take karate.
2: I'm the type of guy, I get my hopes up too high for everything. You know, I get too excited for these things, and, you know, Cobra Kai came out, and I'm like, God damn it, they're doing it to me again. I'm too excited for this. It's probably not gonna be anywhere near as good as I want it to be, and it was so much better. I had expectations that were way too high, and it passed everyone that I had. Man can't stand, he can't fight.
1: It's making me watch the first movie, the second movie. It's making me watch the
2: movies again. Yeah, I love the Karate Kid movies so much. The good guys and the bad guys, and Cobra Kai, of course. It's blew my mind way better than it has any right to be.
1: That first Karate Kid movie. Yeah, yeah, it shaped the whole way that you even thought about like, the sort of bully victim dynamic, the mentor mentee dynamic. Karate was this mystical thing back then and the way this movie handles introducing it And then that becomes a theme that never leaves. It's throughout the whole franchise I think that's something that makes this have a lot more emotional punch watching it older
2: Yeah, these movies they're every bit as good to me now as they were as a kid and even though I know every fucking line to all three of the original movies and half the series by now It's still, you know, this shit can make me Cobra cry, man. This
1: franchise, the way it connected its movies was one of the things that always struck me as a genius move.
2: I think it was probably worth it that we did not get more Karate Kid movies for all this time. Because when it came back, it came back the right way. This was worth the wait.
1: We'll call this the beginning, man. This is how it starts. The beginning of Hollow Nine Dojo or Dojo Nine
0: (laughs) Fear does not exist in this dojo. Pain
3: does not exist in this dojo. We can do have a dream to be merciful here. This is a place of learning. This is a place of knowledge. For years we've gotten from Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. And now
0: it's time for us to pay back.
1: It'll it'll open up a way for us to talk about all kinds of martial arts movies. There's also, like, no way to not compare those instantly to Karate Kid. Man, face you, he is
0: your enemy, and the enemy deserves no mercy. We teach the way of the mic. Welcome to Dojo 9.
2: Ugh. <sighs>
0: mythos
1: and mythology of symbology right that's another one man not to go too deep into conspiracy rant territory but here comes number
0: two Number
1: two. i mean we're surrounded by we're surrounded by logos we're surrounded by shapes colors letters characters i guess would be a good word to use we're surrounded by these things. None of us ask why they were designed the way they were. None of us asked where they came from. Sometimes we notice when they get updated and changed. But on the whole, I found myself... Uh, I'm guessing this would have been somewhere around 2004, 2005. <clears throat> taking a little bit of a green adventure while, whilst enjoying the comfort of the bed in my parents' home at the time watching a little film called Grind. That has so little to do with what I'm talking about, but I'm just giving you the full skinny on where this originates movie's about a bunch of skateboard kids. <laughs> That's totally not even correct. I mean, in a, in a very abstract, not so tied to what it actually is about kind of way. Sure, I guess it's correct. But yeah, it's a movie about a bunch of kids who are very um, enthusiastic about skateboarding. They're graduating high school. They have no real plans for like life in the future. This is one of these. It was a Mike Vogel vehicle. So before Mike Vogel had his brief moment of being Mike Vogel, um, and it featured a shit ton of cameos like Bam Margera and Tom Green and, um, oh, there will be more. Bob Goldthwaite. Uh, i all think of more as they come here as I go through the movie mentally, but a lot of these single serving, you know, one scene uh, appearances by people who are really hot in the mid to late nineties. This had to be a late nineties release and actually I should be finding all this information out while I'm ranting here, but in any case. The movie follows our ne'er do well slacker with no future friends uh, in the year of 2003. Oh wait, 2003? Yes, 2003. And um, what they've decided to do, their only hope for the for having any future, is to somehow parlay their love of skateboarding and their skills therein, or thereof, and uh, become professionals like their like the, the guys they idolize. I'm trying to think Jeremy London or Jason London. I'm on the IMDB page now. Um, it is Jason London is the skateboard guy that they all really, really idolize. He plays uh, Jimmy Wilson. And their idea is that they just need to get in front of Jimmy Wilson and he sees how amazingly talented they are and he'll take them on tour with us. now. Little, another little side tangent to this story. Oh my god, I love it. This one's deep. Uh, this movie is one of those kind of it's so dumb. It's awesome, and I know I should hate it, but I wind up loving it and it's probably because of this. I saw it on cable. I saw it right after I had started working in the, the world of corporate America and, and instantly feeling my soul being extricated from my body slowly every day moment I spent there. Well, I mean, it did pay for my life, so I can't slam it that much. There is something to be said of the actual grind of life, ironically, getting back to the title. Not why I started this either. I swear, when this pays off, you're all going to be like, holy fucking shit, Dave, how do you just go through life every day like this? But anyway, um, (laughs) I'm watching this movie, and I'm thinking, holy shit, that's what I need to do, what these guys are doing. And obviously not skateboarding. Side note, it did make me want to learn how to skateboard, just like Cobra Kai makes me want to learn karate. uh, It made me actually very disappointed that I had never taken up skateboarding at an age where breaking bones would have been less detrimental. And I mentioned this at the time, and I was like 25 one I told a friend at work about this and he's like "No, nah, no, nah, dude you're, you're way too old for that shit you should have been doing that when you were 10 or 12 so that when you broke those bones like you would doing skateboarding tricks and stuff that your bones would be even stronger you break them now you're fucked and I was like oh wow 25 and I have to act like I'm 50 and now as I'm 42 I'm like oh god everything hurts um, so yeah long tangent there anyway it, it sort of ignited a bit of a drive in me to just you know what if you're talented and you just keep doing what you love doing, um, you know, greatness will be noticed. You'll be found. The right path will open up for you. So, Yes, every single thing done in the name of Hollow Nine has been a step on that journey. (laughs) So, anyway, this becomes a road trip movie because obviously this guy Jimmy Wilson is doing a tour. They are just out of school for their summer break, and instead of (coughs) wasting it prepping for college or trying to earn money to go to college, they're gonna pull whatever money they have this group of friends, who also include Adam Brody, I think, from The O.C. And a dude by the name of Vince Villough, who you've seen in tons of stuff you just don't know his name uh, and Joey Kern everyone knows Joey Kern I actually met Joey Kern at New Jersey Horror Con because he was in Super Troopers well not just because I met him because he was also actually he was there because he was in Cabin Fever this guy's been in a bunch of movies you've seen him also Jennifer Morrison you'll notice um who else uh yes those are the mains. Anyway. Um, on this road trip, they wind up making enemies with a group of, uh, sort of, like, white rapper... what used to be called Wiggas, I guess, and that's with an A. <laughs> um, and uh, these guys drive a Cadillac Escalade, which at the time was like, sort of like, that was the creme de la creme. That was like what everybody, even people who weren't into SUVs, you say Cadillac Escalade, they're like, oh shit, you're dropping money. You're, you're dropping my dick is huge money, okay. Um, and I'm watching this on a, like a really dreary, rainy Saturday uh, after a long, rough week and I mean when I first started working in the, in the corporate world I gotta tell you man it was a shock to the system I mean I'm sure some people who go to college uh, prepping to go into business and they major in business and they take business courses or whatever the fuck uh, they know I think they have a hint of what the corporate world is gonna be like but for artists for people who are like I just need to find a way to fight club subsidize my life so that I can do other stuff eventually but also pick up skills along the way um you know it was so office space-ish i guess is the way to you know you walk in you're just like dude it's really the way the movies make it look and i mean like you know it's people you find out it's not so bad you kind of you you find out who the friends are the water cooler people that you're going to talk about sopranos every monday with but i'll tell you man between uh having a really tough mentor uh, I mean, he was a mentor. It was a hard, hard time, but it was definitely mentorship, but he was hard, man, and, uh, I mean, like, I was on Zoloft for a while hard, okay? Like, it was just not what the system is ready for when you're still kind of coming out of college going, oh, shit, I gotta figure this out. <laughs> I mean, some people, I guess, have that figured out before college, but anyway. And so, you know, these moments of being able to just kind of, you know, take a lazy green day in bed and watch a movie. Uh, It was before I think I had uh, found a girlfriend, like my first girlfriend after college. It was like a a, a little bit of a lull time of like, holy crap. You know, I'm not sure how I feel about all this, this adulting, adulthood life, lifening. It's, um,
4: yeah,
1: it's, I don't know maybe other people deal with this better <laughs> who knows anyway this huge long build up about logos and signs I'm watching this movie and there's a scene where we're following our guys who are in like you know one of them who was a pool cleaner um, decided to use their van, his van, no no he wasn't a pool cleaner I'm, I'm mixing in some airheads now um, but it was just one of them had a van Sweet Lou Joey Kern's character has a van so they decided to use his van and they're gonna follow the Jimmy Wilson tour now, of course, along the way they meet these wiggers who drive the Cadillac Escalade, and they hate them. And those guys are actually signed, apparently sponsored uh, skateboarders. That's the whole thing, the whole gig with the athlete, the alternative athletics was, you need to get some sponsorship, man. And then you're basically getting paid to do what you love, play games, and Tony Hawk and shit, whatever. So, <clears throat> they're on the tour, and this Cadillac catches up with them on the road because they're on tour as well. These guys are following. The, our heroes are following the tour. These other dudes are on the tour. And you can see this is building towards some kind of major confrontation by the end of the movie. But to identify them, it was always a very extreme close-up of the Cadillac Escalade grill and the Cadillac, you know, emblem in there. That, that hood uh, decoration in the middle of the grill. And, um and their rap song would come on. But like, I, I just remember, like I was sitting there looking at going, Wha- what does that logo mean? You, you know, I mean, you look at the Cadillac logo in the middle of the grill of the Escalade and it's like, it's like a bunch of colored lines that go one way and then another batch of them go a different way. And there's, you know, and they're in sort of a, a, a trapezoidal kind of shape. It doesn't, it doesn't have a lot of explanation and you start to wonder why did
0: they land on that
1: <laughs> like why isn't it just like the chevy like a solid gold crossish kind of thing um and i remember there's a scene in the movie finding Forrester where the main character explains the bmw logo and how it was inspired by uh, propellers because i think they were originally the people who built the um the propellers for the planes for the German army in World War II, right? So, you know, that's kind of like, oh, cool, I get it. And when you say it and you look at the BMW with the blue and the white and the alternating and the circular, you're kind of like, ah, man, all right. So there's messages. There's messages hidden in these shapes. Well, look at the Cadillac one, man. What in the hell? Now, I don't know why my mind went here, probably because I have an irrational fear of aliens. But the first thing I thought was, what if all of these things are like little you know markers for aliens or some other uh, intelligence that we are not aware of that knows what all these things mean as soon as they like the way a barcode when it gets scanned at the grocery store it tells the computer oh yeah this guy's buying coffee it's eight bucks a can here you know and what if all of our corporate logos to a degree are like that you know what if there's a lot of a lot of this stuff that's going on, that for all of us peons and little people, the ants running around, it means one thing. And for the powers that be that installed all of these things, it means something completely different, something else, you know? And, well, for the most part, it's probably benign and probably a lot more driven by profits, but then you start looking at the, you know, disparity and the sort of way society is in, in some respects breaking down over this uh, you start to wonder and how much of our thinking how much of our you know you know when they talk about people making impulse buys and uh, and how much of that is actually engineered by someone and the thing that starts to get scary about thinking like this is that it has to eventually lead to a top of a pyramid it has to lead to the eyeball looking down on all of us that's on the back of the dollar bill right because you cannot have these kinds of systems without some kind of overall management, some kind of overall operating system. It's very simple when you start to look at it from like a components of a computer kind of perspective. This is why, you know, when I say things like the watchmaker theory are very appealing because it at least uh, accepts and puts into play that there's a greater something, intelligence, entity, whatever you want to call it, outside of us, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's watching everything we're doing but it put all the pieces in place and it pushed the marble down the Rube Goldberg machine and we're somewhere around the 280 billionth curvy part where the ball is going to set off a bunch of other, trigger a bunch of other events, (laughs) you know Um, I kind of like that but it's still it it always leaves the quote where does that exist and what's outside of that and who made that and There's something very unsettling about this sort of feeling of it being something that can never be defined so maybe it's more comfortable to just be like oh well when i see that shape i just know it's a fucking expensive car and that the people driving it uh are either very well off are renting it to keep up appearances or just pulled off some kind of sick ass car heist i don't know uh, you know fast and furious that's how we're all living these days yeah, it's just interesting shit to think about sometimes <laughs> I, I think i don't know if other people do or maybe it's easier to let us people on this side of the mic do the thinking for you so that we could be the ones that have the craziness and you could just be along for the ride i'm cool biting that bullet for y'all out there as well i don't know though man it's just i don't know this life this life is so weird yo i'm gonna talk about some things all right
3: Are you the type of cat that's comfortable in silence In the aftermath of some drive-by violence? I didn't know if this was my reliance But I figured I would check if I was in compliance Because I see a man with some pliers on the desk I wonder what that's fucking used for I ask in jest and I get an answer with nothing but disrespect About how he's gonna use it to remove bones from my neck And I don't know how I wound up in this position this situation got me wishing I'm dishing fucking dirt like the pile of dog shit I'm standing next to The kind of thing that take away the time in my day gets spent to Dealing with nothing but a fucking rake I can't catch a break What the hell did I take? I took a walk outside dog walking blues in my eyes And I don't understand But I despise That I don't know What's flying over my head Is it an alien ship Come to They're take me to Instead of the guy next to me Your fucking enemy Is your best friend When you're face. to space And being served like men on clatters In outer space Where nothing matters They can't hear you scream Like a blast from a cannon of antimatter It's a disaster, our bastard son comes back to life Killing motherfuckers with his sword and his knife Till the last episode of the show that we all swore was gonna be awesome And I will fucking slam the door in our face Toes to nose, no disgrace No one even knows the pace My mind is slipping, I have no grip in this game And I don't know what I'm dipping my toe in They towing my car Now I gotta walk home and that shit is so fucking far And it's cold, I'm shivering, I'm quivering inside I don't know but my mind starts to cry This is just some boy, white boy rapping Cisgender at that, you better take it and run Quack. thunder above my head I think maybe I actually am dead And this is purgatory, do you hear my story? It's getting kinda gory and I don't know Ignore me, on social media, no likes my life has got a plane, no spikes, the graph is going downhill And I feel like I'm getting ill And everyone hears a little sniffle And suddenly you got the plague, it's that day and age What's next in the Great Depression? My ingestion is taking the question to heart And making me cough up blood It's like a flood and I don't know coming from above Will somebody help me, is there a prayer I can say? Somebody help me get out of my own way A sketch of madness is all I have on display And at the end of the day, no one knows anyway They'll still look at me confused, abused like I was used But it was just because there was no news I was stuck in the basement You don't even know where my case number's been placed In this giant matrix of information What kind of nation are we exploding in this explanation? Is there a key to an ignition? Is there a new transmission? Is there a man on a mission to save the planet from destruction? Or is that just some construction, some fake fiction from a generation that was tired of dealing with the friction? The truth is too much to handle, so we light a candle. I guess that's the best way to take it. Let's go stay at the Cecil Hotel and fucking fake it. My name is Morbid. No one said I'm sorry to that kid Face it every day, someone took away his freedom to say who he is And they didn't say they were sorry That's the difference between us Between the ones who give a fuck The ones who took stuff that fell off trucks But still tried to throw the guy a few bucks Ain't no luck, ain't no one left This world is bereft
4: You've been listening to the Hollow Nine Network, bringing you the very best in fan-made media. That's the word hollow, the number nine, I-N-E. Now broadcasting from our new home on the web, hollow9.com, where you can find info on all of our awesome programming as well as the team behind the shows. Leave us your feedback, join in the conversation, and be a part of the action. Find the Hollow Nine Network on Facebook, Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. Email us at info at or at hollow at gmail.com. Join in the fun. Hollow Nine!
1: you think making me repeat myself is going to somehow make the story change? Or if you just don't want to hear what it is I actually have to say by it? Again, we changed course based on orders received on the flash band from company headquarters. Code gold, command eyes only. Standard operating procedure as I know you are aware. Search and rescue would rarely venture into an unregulated area without more concrete proof of life. We sure found something out there already.
2: When you watch it as a little kid, you know it's a monster movie, it's creepy. But then there's all the weird artificial intelligence stuff. There's the, like, rapey nature of the face huggers and all that. Why don't you stick your face in the egg, dude? Is there an egg
4: opening in front of you? Stick your face in there and see what happens. When I fall asleep at night, I have this irrational fear that something is going to crawl inside and, like, lay eggs inside of me. I'm actually wondering, (laughs) now that we're talking about this, if this might have been the impetus for that.
0: You know, Star Wars comes out and they go, what other movies do we have? Have set in space boom alien gets green light the next day
4: very similar to just even how our government is in preparation for something where they didn't know exactly what was in store like specifically the xenomorphs
2: <coughs> bodily fluids and it's not just blood there's a lot of like grease and there's a lot mm. of sweat and mm. if it wasn't the blood that got me it was the sheer amount of sweat <coughs>
3: we're on a mission to bring back knowledge of the xenomorph <coughs>
1: the end of all mankind, all wrapped up in a boat, just waiting for us to come along. You're going to find yourself staring down the barrel of a living, breathing devil in the flesh that bleeds acid and lives to kill us.
4: So, New Jersey Harcon reputation is exploding. The atmosphere you guys have created. New Jersey Harcon, was my entree into an actual horror convention. Love wow. it. I'll guys tell You're
2: doing a great job. That yeah. is amazing. I'm super proud and super inspired to hear that. I mean, that's a testament to the community of cons and, you know, of horror and stuff in general. My God. Oh, my God. Oh, it's wow. Carmen Electra. hey, hey. Wow, hey, we so are all nice giving you, high lady. fives Pleasure. to an absolute icon. This is incredible. Uh, trailblazer, amazing. You are amazing. Karma, be well.
4: Safe. Thank you so much. Love. Have a good one. Be well. So you can't see happening. it on radio. But oh she's my still god. Got it. Yes. My absolutely. Still right got. It. My wife gets the picture. of uh, Carmen The wife oh, does. There, there, there hey, <laughs> you go, wife. Good job, wife. <laughs> that's yeah,
3: cool. a keeper. That wife's a keeper. Are
2: you having a blast?
4: I am having a blast. Are you having a blast? I am. This was, place is awesome, right?
2: What's your most favorite part of the whole day so
0: far?
4: When. The guy dressed like Gene Simmons from Kiss stopped in front of our booth, and we put Strutter on, and he did a lip sync to the whole thing.
2: Guys, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that.
4: Yesterday, yeah, I bumped into Michael Winslow. I got to have this whole experience where Leslie Easterbrook was lost and looking for her autograph uh-huh. table, and I got to take her all around me.
3: It's spooky, actually. I'm going to turn it... the chair around a little bit so sure. I can see you. Oh, uh, well, right, Keep all right. an eye on you. I saw you, and I thought, hmm, this guy knows everything. <laughs> Terrific. Oh, more, oh, really? And oh. sound in here
4: with cool. you. Cool. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's Clearly amazing Claire. how it. Damon Delagreca of
2: Slasher, this awesome app. I, you know, I wanted to do something that would really make it for these people who just love to create, who love horror. Thank you
4: for what you're doing, dude. It's Thank great you. that you put this together. Absolutely, man. It's always good to see you. We're trying to have as much fun, and we want people to have fun with us. And that's why we got guys like you stop by the table, hang out. We got to do the radio thing for a little bit.
0: He's uh, from Jersey. You know, I'm, I'm
3: from, from the South, so. And I'm from the Bronx, so.
2: Oh, that's ah, so, so we're
3: all still okay. friends. That's Good. So we're dead, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Frankenstein. I'm representing a psychothematicmedia.com. Call ourselves a creative collective. My name is Gail Baikowitz.
2: Yeah, I'm Hector De La Rosa. We're partners in crime here. We're doing special effects makeup and we're also independent filmmakers. When I ran <laughs> into them
4: earlier, they were definitely vampire cowboys. I love
3: Better Off Dead, I love Dylan's Heads. Um, and I'm just so glad that you guys remember those films. Oh, this oh my God.
2: Those movies. I would go to school and just try and talk like Bill and Ted all day. Those like,
3: triumphs. I, don't I don't want my back $2, back. $2, man. I right? walked around
2: wanting those $2 for
3: how oh. many years now? This is fantastic. But oh. I'm We need some
1: language lessons. Like language like oh, david clone from the hollow nine network and by now you know what it's time for you to do let's go on over to new get yourself some tickets and check out this awesome event where we are lifetime sponsors we will be there from now until infinitum with all these incredible guests that are going to be at the next one bringing you all the awesome from the show floor right to your digital door right here at
4: hollow 9com at the new jersey horror Con and film festival
0: I you got it. I got it. That's good. <laughs> See you soon.